It's October 13th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and I am honored that you are joining me today. And we're going to begin today with our Old Testament reading in the book of Jeremiah, beginning in chapter 22, verse 1, through chapter 23, verse 20. This is, as always, being read out of the New Living Translation. Jeremiah chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. This is what the Lord said to me. Go over and speak directly to the king of Judah. Say to him, Listen to this message from the Lord, you king of Judah, sitting on David's throne. Let your attendants and your people listen too. This is what the Lord says. Be fair-minded and just. Do what is right. Help those who have been robbed. Rescue them from their oppressors. Quit your evil deeds. Do not mistreat foreigners, orphans, and widows. Stop murdering the innocent. If you obey me, there will always be a descendant of David sitting on the throne here in Jerusalem. The king will ride through the palace gates and chariots and on horses with his parade of attendants and subjects. But if you refuse to pay attention to this warning, I swear by my own name, says the Lord, that this palace will become a pile of rubble. Now this is what the Lord says concerning Judah's royal palace. I love you as much as fruitful Gilead and the green forest of Lebanon, but I will turn you into a desert with no one living within your walls. I will call for wreckers who will bring out their tools to dismantle you They will tear out all their fine cedar beams and throw them on the fire. People from many nations will pass by the ruins of this city and say to one another, Why did the Lord destroy such a great city? And the answer will be, Because they violated their covenant with the Lord their God by worshiping other gods. Do not weep for the dead king or mourn his loss. Instead, weep for the captive king being led away, for he will never return to see his native land again. For this is what the Lord says about Jehoaz, who succeeded his father, King Josiah, and was taken away as a captive. He will never return. He will die in a distant land and will never again see his own country. And the Lord says, What sorrow awaits Jehoiakim, who builds his palace with forced labor? He builds injustice into his walls, for he makes his neighbors work for nothing. He does not pay them for their labor. He says, I will build a magnificent palace with huge rooms and many windows. I will panel it throughout throughout with fragrant cedar and paint it a lovely red. But a beautiful cedar palace does not make a great king. Your father Josiah also had plenty to eat and drink, but he was just and right in all his dealings. That is why God blessed him. He gave justice and help to the poor and needy, and everything went well for him. Isn't that what it means to know me, says the Lord? But you... You have eyes only for greed and dishonesty. You murder the innocent, oppress the poor, and reign ruthlessly. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about Jehoiakim, son of King Josiah. The people will not mourn for him, crying to one another, Alas, my brother, alas, my sister. His subjects will not mourn for him, crying, Alas, our master is dead. Alas, his splendor is gone. He will be buried like a dead donkey, dragged out of Jerusalem and dumped outside the gates. Weep for your allies in Lebanon, shout for them in Bashan. Search for them in the regions east of the river. See, they are all destroyed. Not one is left to help you. I warned you when you were prosperous, but you replied, Don't bother me. You have been that way since childhood. You simply will not obey me. And now the wind will blow away your allies. All your friends will be taken away as captives. Surely then you will see your wickedness and be ashamed. It may be nice to live in a beautiful palace paneled with wood, from the cedars of Lebanon, but soon you will groan with pangs of anguish, anguish like that of a woman in labor. As surely as I live, says the Lord, I will abandon you, Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. 
Even if you were the signet ring on my right hand, I would pull you off. I will hand you over to those who seek to kill you, those who desperately fear to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Excuse me, those you so desperately fear to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and the mighty Babylonian army. I will expel you and your mother from this land, and you will die in a foreign country, not in your native land. You will never again return to the land you yearn for. Why is this man, Jehoiachin, like a discarded broken jar? Why are he and his children to be exiled to a foreign land? Oh, earth, 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 listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Let the record show that this man, Jehoiachin, was childless. He is a failure. For none of his children will succeed him on the throne of David to rule over Judah. Moving into chapter 23, beginning in verse 1. What sorrow awaits the leaders of my people, the shepherds of my sheep? For they have destroyed and scattered the very ones they were expected to care for, says the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to these shepherds. Instead of caring for my flock and leading them to safety, you have deserted them and driven them to destruction. Now I will pour out judgment on you for the evil you have done to them. But I will gather together the remnant of my flock from the countries where I have driven them. I will bring them back to their own sheepfold, and they will be fruitful and increase in number. Then I will appoint responsible shepherds who will care for them, and they will never be afraid again. Not a single one will be lost or missing. I, the Lord, have spoken. For the time is coming, says the Lord. When I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line, he will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. And this will be his name, the, the Lord, excuse me, this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. And that day Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. I want to pause here because we see a very clear prophecy to Jesus who would come sometime after Jeremiah penned this prophecy and fulfill it completely. In fact, Jesus calls himself the shepherd. Um, and we see this prophecy fulfilled in in that, as Jesus says that, and he comes, and uh, there's not a one of his people who have been lost, because he comes, and he's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Moving on, verse 7. In that day, says the Lord, when people are taking an oath, they will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who rescued the people of Israel from the land of Egypt, Instead, they will say, As surely as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel back to their own land, from the land of the north, and from all the countries to which he had exiled them, then they will live in their own land. Verse 9. My heart is broken because of the false prophets, and my bones tremble. I stagger like a drunkard, like someone overcome by wine, because of the holy words the Lord has spoken against them. For the land is full of adultery, and it lies under a curse. The land itself is in mourning, its wilderness pastures are dried up, for they all do evil and abuse the power they have. Even the priests and prophets are ungodly, wicked men. I have seen their despicable acts right here in my own temple, says the Lord. Therefore, the paths they take will become slippery. And they will be chased through the dark, and there they will fail. For I will bring disaster upon them at the time fixed for their punishment. I, the Lord, have spoken. I saw that the prophets of Samaria were terribly evil. For they prophesied in the name of Baal, and led my people of Israel into sin. But now I see that the prophets of Jerusalem are even worse. They commit adultery and love dishonesty, and they encourage those who are doing evil, so that no one turns away from their sins. These prophets are as wicked as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah once were. Therefore, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says concerning the prophets. 
I will feed them with bitterness and give them poison to drink. For it is because of Jerusalem's prophets that wickedness has filled this land. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says to his people. Do not listen to these prophets when they prophesy to you, filling you with futile hopes. They are making up everything they say. They do not speak for the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise my word, Don't worry. The Lord says you will have peace. And to those who stubbornly follow their own desires, they say, No harm will come your way. Have any of these prophets been in the Lord's presence to hear what he is really saying? Has even one of them cared enough to listen? Look, the Lord's anger burst out like a storm, a whirlwind that swirls down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not diminish until he has finished all he has planned. In the days to come, you will understand all this very clearly. That concludes our Old Testament reading. Now moving into the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you, because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness and all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. And God will use this persecution to show his justice and to make you worthy of his kingdom, for which you are suffering. In his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you, and God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted, and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who do not know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. When he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his holy people, praise from all who believe. And this includes you, for you believed what we told you about him. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. That concludes our New Testament reading. Moving into our Proverbs reading of the day, it's going to be Proverbs chapter 25, verses 11 through 14. Timely advice is lovely, like golden apples in a silver basket. To one who listens, valid criticism is like a gold earring or other gold jewelry. Trustworthy messengers refresh like snow in summer. They revive the spirit of their employer. A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. And finally, we will be reading Psalm 83 in a posture of prayer. This is the 83rd Psalm. It's a psalm by our boy Asaph. (laughs) You know how he likes his long psalms. So it's quite a few verses here. I would encourage you to pause along the way and pray as you feel led or pull out a paper Bible later today, maybe, uh, or Bible on your phone and read the verses and pray as God would prompt you. Psalm 83, a song, a psalm of Asaph, beginning in verse 1. O God, do not be silent. Do not be deaf. Do not be quiet, O God. Don't you hear the uproar of your enemies? Don't you see that your arrogant enemies are rising up? They devise crafty schemes against your people. They conspire against your precious ones. Come, they say, let us wipe out Israel as a nation. We will destroy the very memory of its existence. Yes, this was their unanimous decision. They signed a treaty as allies against you, these Edomites and Ishmaelites, Moabites and Hagarites, 
Gibalites, Ammonites, and Amalekites, and people from Philistia and Tyre. Assyria has joined them too, and is allied with the descendants of Lot and Jerlude. Do to them as you did to the Midianites, and as you did to Caesarea and Jabin at the Kishnosh River. They were destroyed at Endor, and their decaying corpses fertilized the soil. Let their mighty nobles die as Oreb and Zeb did. Let all their princes die like Zeba and Zalamuna. For they said, Let us seize for our own use these pasture lands of God. O oh my God, scatter them like tumbleweed, like chaff before the wind. As a fire burns a forest, and as a flame sets mountains ablaze, chase them with your fierce storm, terrify them with your tempest, utterly disgrace them until they submit to your name, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and terrified forever. Let them die in disgrace. Then they will learn that you alone are called the Lord, that you alone are the Most High, supreme over all the earth. Father God, uh, Asaph prays this against his own enemies. Uh, Lord, but I pray that as we look inwardly, we would see ourselves that we deserve what Asaph says in verses 1 through 17. We deserve your righteous judgment. And, Lord, when we learn that you are alone to be called Lord, that you are alone the Most High, supreme over all the earth, it can lead to a burden, and that burden leads to the amazing delight that we find in the good news of Jesus, that that burden has been removed from us, that Jesus came and took that burden on himself. He was forsaken so that I might live, died on the cross, defeating the powers of evil, appeasing the wrath of God so that I could live as a righteous man with his righteousness given to me, his Holy Spirit sent to guide me in this life and the future hope that because my faith is in Jesus, one day when he returns, I will be a citizen of his kingdom made brand new in a world in the heavens made brand new. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this gospel message. It's in your name we pray, amen. Well, thank you for joining me for today's reading, friends, and hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.